All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. Hey, it's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to the Higher Purpose Podcast. This is episode three. It's a special episode for it's the first of a lot of great guest interviews we've got lined up for you. I couldn't be more excited about today's guest and how it's come together that this is the first interview. We're talking about finding higher purpose, and this starts at home. My guest today is Mark Tim. He's been a serial entrepreneur, but he's most excited about a business he he incorporated about five years ago, 2B Tim's LLC. You'll hear him share that with us as we go through. He'll tell you about the one frontier in his life where he was failing on his quest to find and pursue purpose and what led to the turnaround and how that even led to another venture, uh, the newest venture he's involved with, Ziegler Family. So stay tuned and here we go. More with Mark. Well, it's my privilege to welcome Mark Tim on the Higher Purpose Podcast. We need a drum roll, Mark. Or something. <laughs> drum roll. All right. Well, this special occasion because you are the very first guest interview on the Higher Purpose Podcast. Well, I feel very honored and humbled to hold that slot, and uh, I promise to uh, to just drop as much value and wisdom for your listeners as possible. Well, I, I believe that. And I've got to give a shout out to Chris Patton, our mutual friend who actually made the introduction that that brought all of this together. So thanks, Chris. Hey, thank you, Chris. Chris is a good man. Really love and respect his family. So Mark, I think this is a very fitting inaugural interview. There are plenty of people that are looking for purpose, and many of those are overlooking the most obvious place to look. But before we go there, Tell it what's what's it not in your official bio that that you think would be fun for us to know about you? Well, uh, you know, I think probably something fun to know is that uh, I'm a farm boy. Okay, okay. you're not going to find that in my bio. I grew up on a family farm in Fillmore, Indiana, and when I look back at you know kind of what and I've I've had this question a lot. What what do you attribute to success? And I go back to those roots of being raised on a farm, and I, I got to know my grandfather was a farmer, my great-grandfather was a farmer, my father was a farmer, and they passed down this wisdom through the generations, and they believed that the American Family Farm was the greatest learning institution in existence. Now, I don't farm, none of my siblings farm, but what they taught us through that process was three things. And this passed down generation after generation. And it was hard work, value of a dollar, and responsibility. And my great-grandfather, my grandfather, and my father believed that if we would leave home with those three things, that we would be able to provide and that we would find success in life. And I sit here decades later and realize that still to this day, hard work, responsibility, value of a dollar, are 
so critical and important in everything that we do. And really now I sit here with six teenagers back here and every day I'm asking myself, how do I teach them to be responsible? How do I teach them the value of a dollar and how do I teach them hard work? And sometimes I wish I was back on that family farm because it seemed to make a whole lot more sense there. But it's one of those things that I think we are a product of people that were put in our lives and intentionality. And so on the topic of higher purpose, you know, my grandparents and my, my father had a higher purpose to prepare me for this day. Mm. And, and I believe they did prepare me through being intentional about me leaving home with those three things. And now I'm trying to be intentional with, uh, with these guys back here. I love the word intentional. And, and I use it in conversation a lot because I think so many people just go through life and things are just accidental. They do something mm-hmm. and, oh, that was really cool. I, but there's no intentionality to it. There's no consciousness behind it. And there's no consistency to it. And so this intentionality just just brings things up to a whole nother level. So, Mark, uh, I do want to talk about family. But before we go there, you're a pretty accomplished guy, a serial entrepreneur. And so in your early life, and you've got this family heritage, was there a sense of purpose always kind of guiding you or something else in the early days? Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to be candid with you. I was, I was brought up in a faithful family. And so, you know, I always had that inner sense that there was, you know, something much bigger than me out there that, uh, that, that God was, was a part of my life. And, and my faith was, was obviously a guiding principle in my life. And so, so I had that, but I actually, and it's kind of funny, I, so I have all these strong men in my life mentoring me when I was young. And then I went to this convention. It was a youth convention. It was an agricultural youth convention, the national FFA convention. And I hear this motivational speaker and he's the first motivational speaker I've ever heard in my life. I'm 15 years old. And the guy's name was Mr. Zig Ziglar. So if you can imagine Zig Ziglar as your first motivational speaker, I mean, I was like, like my hair was peeled back. I was just so just in awe of this guy. It felt like there was 15,000 people there and it felt like he was just talking to me. And, you know, he shared something that day. He talked about goal setting and positive attitude, but he also shared that the secret to really living is giving. Hmm. And I learned at a young age that, you know, that it was, it was, awesome to do good things yourself, but there was an even greater joy in helping other people do good things. And so I developed this desire to basically help anybody around me reach their full potential. And you mentioned that I'm accomplished, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm accomplished because of that one, um, how should I say, tipping point moment where I realized that If I helped every person around me reach their full potential, that by default, they would help me reach my full potential and or be successful. Now, in all fairness, I did it mostly in business. Mm -hmm. So in each business that I started, as I developed teams and employees, I would look at them and try to find out how they could be the most successful, where they could be the most successful and really develop their potential. In doing so, they became an awesome employee brought their A game to work every day and helped me become successful. And so, and I did this repetitively. And, and so I saw really this higher purpose at that stage of my life was to just help 
other people reach their full potential. And, you know, and that was, I, I even had this dream. I found this briefcase. This, you're the first person to hear this story. So I find that I, as a teenager, I had a briefcase. You know what a briefcase is, right? Because we don't even see them anymore. Um, and so, but it's a hard case briefcase, one of those with a lock on it and everything. And I opened this thing up and I think it was my briefcase when I was 19 years old. And I pull out this manila folder and it is actually a business plan for a business I wanted to start at 19 years old. And the name of the company was Potential. Wow. Wow. And, and that just said so much about where I was at at that stage about really wanting to help other people find their potential and reach their potential. And I took that into the workplace. And I think that has attributed mostly to the success that I have found in the workplace is just bringing people to, to realize their full potential. And so I saw that as kind of my bigger purpose at that stage of my life. Okay. Well, you, you mentioned Zig Ziglar and, you know, whether you knew it or not, and I'm sure you did, you, you, Mention some other Zig quotes in there without giving them quotes. Uh, the the way to get what you want in life is to help other people get what they want in life. That, that's a, Zig, a great Zigism. Well, it's it's probably the flagship quote of Zig Ziglar. It's also how he lived his life. And yes. you're talking about a man that over four decades touched 250 million people's lives. And he did it through that quote. He gave yes. so um, humbly to so many people. And then in turn, he benefited in his life as well. But it basically was all built around, if I can help enough other people get what they want, then I can get what I want. And in a way, that's what I took away from that speech. And what I took away from, you know, from him was that quote, and then applied it in my life in business and, and in people around me, friends, et cetera. And that ultimately contributed to the success that I had in, uh, in business. Wow. Now, did you realize at that time, 15 years old, that that was a defining moment in your life or did you only realize that in retrospect? Well, only in retrospect, because there's another Zig Ziglar quote that is, you can change who you are and where you are by changing one thing. And that's what goes into your mind. So anybody that's listening to this podcast right now is making a choice to put this content into their mind. They can change who they are. They can change where they're going. They can change the trajectory of their life by changing one thing, mm -hmm. the input that goes into their mind, and that changes the output. So many times we look for other people to change our output, but really we're the only one in control of that. And the quickest way to change that is by what we put into our mind. So at 15 years old, I didn't consciously know. I just knew that I was all in for what he was, you know, whatever he was selling, I was, I was buying. Whatever he was pouring, I was drinking. I got cassette tapes. I started listening to all of his cassette tapes. I mean, I wore these cassette tapes out. I listened to Biscuits, Fleas, and Pump Handles, See You at the Top, Over the Top, How to Stay Motivated 1, How to Stay Motivated 2. So I'm putting all of this stuff in my head and subconsciously without really knowing and being old enough to know what was happening, it was changing the output that was happening in my life. Mm -hmm. And I ended up having a lot of success. I ended up working for um, President George Bush in the White House as a young man. You know, I served as the national president of a youth organization. And, you know, and a lot of that I can now look back and see wow. came from 
that transformational experience. Because remember, I'm a farm boy from Fillmore, Indiana at 15 years old that had never really been out of the state. And I go to this big city, Kansas City, hear this motivational speaker. And at that point, the gloves were off and I started traveling. I saw the world as a much smaller place and it really had a transformational you know, impact on my life. So you, a, a word that I want you used earlier that you just described again, intentionality, being yep. intentional about the inputs that we allow into our lives. That, that if you're really wondering, okay, how do I change my life? Well, look, audit your diet, your, your mental diet. What are you yep. watching? What are you listening to? And, and what are you feeding yourself, your soul? Okay, yep. so we're, we're, let's peel back this onion and let's get to the heart of this in a moment. You've had a struggle that millions of people have had or may be currently having. Okay, and uh, possibly people listening now, when they hear this, they oh, that's me. You enjoyed tremendous success at work, but not so much at home. Yep, that's exactly right. Why was that? So it was something that always bothered me because I love my kids, I love my family, but I would, I would go to work and I would see the success I was having and realize that I wasn't having that same feeling when I went home. In fact, it was worse than even that. I could make a hundred decisions at work with confidence and clarity, a hundred, maybe 200 and not even bat an eye. And I would walk into my own home, the home I owned with the family that I put in this earth and, and, and the wife that I married and the first two decisions I had to make, I was stumbling, fumbling, and stepping backwards. Hmm. Now, how could that be? How could a guy who started businesses, sold businesses, grew businesses, managed large staffs, but then when he walked home, he was not confident, not clear, and knew that the stakes were high, but literally was just letting life happen instead of being intentional like I was at work, I was not that same intentionality at home with taking my family where they needed to go, leading my family like I lead my businesses, um, inspiring and empowering my family like I do my businesses. And it just, it just bothered me really at my core is to how could I have two worlds that felt so different? And I knew the stakes were high. I knew that this was an eternal kind of, kind of struggle that, that I was going to look back on and be disappointed if I didn't figure it out. But I didn't know the answers. I, I just, you know, I, I kind of resigned myself. And, and sadly, uh, this is the hard part, is to say that sometimes when things were tough, I found myself working more. Yeah, because I felt so much more confident. I got so much more energy from work than I did at home. Home was draining. Work was exhilarating. And so I could easily make excuses that uh, providing for my family meant working more. And who could argue with that? Who could point a finger at me? Who could say that I was out of line at all? You know, and so I traveled more. I said yes to more things at work and no to more things at home. And it just it was easy to do that, but I knew it was wrong. I knew there was something off. Okay. The, the tipping point, the tipping point was getting to the point. So what happened? My kids became teenagers. Okay. 
and it's supposed to get easier when your kids become teenagers uh, because they can take care of themselves. That's not the case. That was not the case for me. I found that as the kids became teenagers, they needed more of me, like, like in a way that they'd never needed me before. I mean, when they were a little bitty, they needed me to put a spoon in their mouth or to, you know, help them dress. They didn't need that anymore. They needed way more. They needed me to pour into their life. And I could tell they were making big decisions. And so the, the struggle just came to a whole new level. We had some conflicts in our family that I could see amongst siblings and, and amongst our family that I could see that, that weren't going to get any better unless I did something about it. And so I, it was easy to ignore the struggle but all of a sudden it was real and it was in my face and I couldn't ignore it anymore. And so I started looking and I don't remember who gave me the advice, but they basically said, do an inventory of your life and figure out what you do well. Mm. Good and, you know, and so I started down this journey of really doing an inventory in my life and looking at what I do well. And obviously you're going to find, you know, from this conversation, I found that I do a lot of things that work well. I, I, I cultivate people, I manage people, I grow people, I inspire people, I motivate people. I, you know, all of that was really, you know, really strong. And so I found a lot of things that I did well. And a lot of things I wasn't doing well in that same inventory was at home, not a surprise. And so one day, I'm literally driving from my work to my house. And multiple times, I've stopped in my driveway and not wanted to finish that third of a mile. Hmm. because I knew what was going to hit me when I walked in the door and I just, I wasn't ready for it. So on this specific day, I stop, I pray, and it just hit me like, a, like you said, like a tipping moment, like everything just went from cloudy to clear. And it was this vision of what if, Kevin, what if the most valuable business that I will ever own ever operate, ever manage, ever start, ever found, ever grow was the business I was going home to that day instead of the business I went to that day. Wow. And it was like that moment gave me permission to say, I think I already know everything I need to know to be successful at home. I'm just not using it. Hmm. I'm just not applying it. I, I know how to motivate people. I'm just not applying it. I know how to organize teams. I'm just not applying it. So what if I looked at my family as the most valuable business in the world? Like the most valuable business in the world, the most valuable family business in the world. And I came home. I, I walked right in the door. I grabbed my wife. I took her in the bedroom and I said, just listen to me. <laughs> and I said, I've got this idea. I said, I know it sounds crazy, but will you please just go with me? We just, 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 and she did. I don't think she even understood half of what I was saying, but she saw me excited and passionate and that was enough for her. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I want to, yeah. So she said, okay. So I literally the next day go and incorporate my family, legally incorporate my family. You can find a legal entity called 2B Tim's LLC. I legally incorporated. Now, I'm not suggesting anybody do that because that's a little over the top, but I needed to do that. And I gave every one of my kids, my whole family is equal shareholders. So my youngest child owns as many shares of our family corporation as I do. And okay? they're children. 
Yeah, six children. So we're all equal shareholders, and we started having shareholder meetings. And we started coming together and talking about this family corporation and what it stood for, what it was, um, goals. And, and they all love the fact that they owned as much as I did and as much as my wife did. I mean, they thought that was awesome and that they would have some vote and say. But here is the coolest part. I mean, like it gives me chills even thinking about it. So I always told people my family was important. In fact, I told people my family was the most important thing in my life, even though none of my actions supported it. Like it didn't add up. I said it, but I wasn't showing it. So one of the things I realized is, is that talking about a higher purpose, my family was created on purpose. Mm. Your family was created on purpose. Every single family that's listening to this podcast was created on purpose. So if we weren't an accident and we were created on purpose, shouldn't we sit down and figure out what that purpose is? Yeah. Yeah. Because guess what, Kevin? Your family's purpose is different than mine. Right. Okay. My family's purpose is different than your listeners. We each have a unique purpose. And what ended up happening is, and here's the crazy thing. All my businesses had mission statements. All my businesses had mission and purpose statements. In fact, most businesses do, but my family didn't. Mm. And yet they're the most important thing in my life. So one of the things that we did as a family business, uh, you know, the 2B Tim's LLC is we sat down and created our family purpose statement. Now we know why we're together. Now we know what we're about. Now we've got direction. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say, you can't hit a target you don't have. Right. And so we didn't have a target. We're just firing arrows in the air, hoping we hit something. Now my family's got a target. We know where we're going. We know how we're going to get there, just like every one of my businesses. And when It's was, so simple. When did you incorporate the family? Uh, about five years ago. About five years ago. About five years ago, yeah. And what yeah. was one of the earliest changes that you began to notice about you. And, and then, then we'll talk about the, rea- the response of your children. But what, what was different about you after that? Oh, uh, it's, it's so simple. When I walked through the door, I had confidence and clarity. Wow. Because I knew what my role was. In fact, it, it gives me uh, almost overcome with emotion thinking about it, mm-hmm. to be really honest with you. It just uh, it fills me up to the point where I can hardly talk about it. I... I walked through the door and I had confidence and clarity of my role as a father, as a parent, as a husband, because I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew, I knew what my role was and I knew what I was bringing to the table and I knew what the ultimate goal was of our family business. And our goal was to, you know, I mean, our, I'll, just, I'll share with you our, our purpose statement. So our family purpose statement of 2B Tim's is to love God, live right, and lead all out. Okay. And so there's a, there's a lot in all of that. We even have a, we have a family logo and everything. We developed a logo and the kids all contributed. It was a fun experience. But now all of a sudden, we know what we're put on earth for, what our purpose is, and we know what we're driving towards. Mm-hmm. So I knew when I walked in the door what I was supposed to be doing, what my role in the family was. And it just confidence and clarity. I just can't tell you what that means to our ability to lead our family. 
you got to have it in business too. I mean, if you give me a leader with no confidence and no clarity, you got a business that's struggling, if not failing. Yeah. Give me a parent with no confidence and clarity, you got a family that's struggling. And so, so that was the biggest change in me is I had the confidence and clarity to know that I already knew what I needed to know. I just needed to apply it to the most valuable business in the world, which was the one I was coming home to every day. And at that point, everything changed because I just started implementing anything that worked for me in business. I implemented it at home and I've coached now I've coached so many families. I've, I've, uh, you know, Ziegler uh, family has 45,000 families that are, that are plugged into what we're doing. And I, I've individually coached a lot of families as well. And the one thing that I tell them is, is that if you've been successful anywhere in life, maybe, maybe you were a successful soccer coach. I don't care. Whatever, if you've been successful somewhere outside of the home, I bet I can help you apply that to your home. Wow. So you don't have to be a successful entrepreneur. You could be a manager. If you're a successful manager somewhere, whatever's making you successful there can be applied at home. If you're a coach for your kid's ball team and you're good at that, whatever you're doing there, I bet it translates back to home. So principle somewhere, a universal principle that applies. Yep. Um, Wow. Okay, as you were talking, I, I got I remembered from my childhood uh, TV shows that we would watch, you know, like Leave It to Beaver. And there would be Ward Cleaver come home from his hard day at the office. And it was almost like when he walked in the door, or, or even the worst is Archie Bunker and all in the family. You know, I've entered my palace. You're all now here for me. I've done my part of the day. My part of the day was going out and bringing home the bacon or whatever that is, conquering the world in whatever domain that was. And I think there's something very subtle there that a lot of us kind of bought into that that's our part. You know, we come home and, and we're, we're coming home to be done and to unwind. And what you're saying, and I agree with Mark, no, it's a different responsibility your day's not over. Your, your day just went into a different domain and the most important. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like now, you know, I'm, I'm really conscious to leave some gas in the tank, you know, every time I come home to, to not go home empty, to not go home with an empty tank because, you know, and, and yeah, times have changed in the last 50 to a hundred years. And so maybe you could get by with that. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the spouses didn't work. You know, and so yeah. there are a lot of two income families now. And so there's a lot of shared responsibility at home that, uh, um, you know, th- those lines have blurred a lot. And but I can tell you this is that even if I don't have a lot of gas in my tank, the gas that I have left needs to lead. Yeah. Because if there's one thing that I know is this. OK. And everybody listening needs to understand this. If you're not leading your family, somebody or something else is. Okay, say that again because that is yeah. if you are not leading your family, someone or something else is. Meaning if you're not leading your family, maybe it's a television show that's leading your family. Maybe it's the neighbor, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a video game. Something is influencing your family and taking it in a direction that may or may not be healthy, may or may not be positive, and certainly may not end in the right direction. So if you're not leading it, somebody else is because that's just the way it is. But life is like a river and you don't stop that current. 
So you either take control of it and direct it, Mm -hmm. or you're going to be just stuck going with life and have to accept the consequences of wherever you end up on that journey. And so, and and that's what happened five years ago is we said, wait a minute, okay, Mm -hmm. the river of life is not going where we want to go as a family. So we're going to dig a new channel over here and we're going to dig a canal and we're going to start our own river or redirect over to here. And we're going to take control of this. And, and the cool thing is, is that in the beginning, the kids hated it. I mean, they were like, you know, they, they love the idea, but they didn't like sitting down and having these intentional meetings. And so, you know, so we had to get over that, which meant that we, we did what you got to do sometimes, Kevin, we, uh, we bribed them. I mean, we, we, we don't have a lot of sweets in our house. So we would go out and get a four ninety nine tub of ice cream from the dollar store. And every family meeting ended with a tub of ice cream. Now all of a sudden they're asking us when the next family meeting is, you know? And so we would have s'mores around the fire and do the meeting around the fire. So, I mean, there's ways to make it fun and engaging for kids. And then next thing you know, a year or two passes and now the kids are leading the family meetings. Okay. We've got kids that are leading. We did a six month session of our family meetings where we covered 21 character traits and every family meeting was one of our kids doing a presentation on one of the character traits. Mm. Now, when I say character traits, I'm talking about humility, grace, honesty. The first presentations were very basic and bland, but before you knew it, they were using tools and, and technology to help them. By the time we were done, we were inviting our parents over watching Prezi video embedded presentations on humility and on generosity, you know, and, you know, because the kids learned through this whole intentionality of, you know, and, and we use that. We've done the DISC profile with our kids during our family meetings. We did the five love languages during our family meetings. We did, we took a week and studied each one of the love languages. They took the tests. They found out what they were, you know, and so, so we use that time to be intentional. Yeah. You know, we invest in our employees. We invest in training, but we don't invest in our families. Mm. We don't invest in training in our families. We don't invest in, you know, in that way because we don't think of it in that way. But all I did is say, what am I doing at work that can apply at home? And I'm like, I invest in training my staff, but I don't invest in training my family at all. Mm. And so I just flipped around. And and the cool thing is, is that I spend a lot of money training my staff. Most of the resources I've used for my family are free or don't cost a lot. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, they're, they're relatively inexpensive. They're not, you know, they're, they're, you know, very affordable, very attainable. So two questions back to back and, and um, let's, let's just see what, what happens here. It, what I hear you saying to our listeners is if you are a parent, your family is certainly part of your purpose. You don't have to look Beyond that, I mean, if you're wondering where purpose is, start at home. Your family's part of it, right? Without a doubt. In fact, I think that's where it starts because now that now that we're intentional as a family, we have conversations about a purpose bigger than our family. Okay, that's the last part of our purpose statement is lead all out. What does lead all out means? That's the external part of our purpose. And so we know that our family was put on this earth to help other families to be an example for other families. Well, we can't keep our, you know, light under the bushel basket. We've got to shine it in other places. And so, but 
how can you possibly do that? So many families are trying to lead all out before they ever lead at home. And we were guilty of that. We were volunteering at church and volunteering over here and we were doing good things over here, but we didn't have our own you know, self in order. And you can't really, it's hard to engage in that bigger purpose without making sure that your, you know, kind of your main thing is the main thing. And if you've decided to have a family, then you've decided to make that a pretty important priority, if not one of your most important priorities until which your family is stable and strong enough to where your family can then have a bigger purpose. Okay, but I would even suggest for those that didn't decide to have a family, that the family was somewhat accidental, the, the situation's still the same. That's, that's oh, part of your well, it's still the same. I mean, that's 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 part of your without a doubt. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's the same whether you whether you decide it or not. You're it, it's there, and again, somebody's leading it if you're not leading it, and you know. But it's so much fun. You know, this is the cool thing. I mean, I enjoyed helping other people and I was involved in a lot of community things. But when I made this decision, I unwound a lot of all of that. Yeah. I had to I had to unwind a lot of my well, external involvement. I reprioritized. Now we're getting in a stage where we're looking at how do we reach back out yeah. because we're we're getting to the stage where some of our kids are leaving the house and things are going better. So how do we then start to reach out again? And so many people have they've man, their community involvement is a 10. Yeah. Yeah. But the relationships at home are two. Yeah. Yeah. And if that's the case, you got to dial back the community involvement until those relationships are 10. Then you can reach back out and do whatever you want in the community. And society just has that flipped. We just got it flipped. So Mark, you know, as we're talking, I'm loving the conversation, but I am mindful that there, there are people listening that are like, oh my gosh, I've screwed up. I've gotten it all wrong. My, my kids are grown and gone or what, you know, they're too old for this. What, what's the hope that you have to offer someone that goes, no, 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 it, it's not over. It's not too okay. late. Offer some hope to that person. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is congratulations. You're normal. Yeah. Okay. And second thing I'm going to say is you're not alone. Yeah. Because don't forget, I'm coming to you today as a guy who got it right a lot long, or got it wrong a lot longer than I've gotten it right. I've only been getting it right the last five years. And one of my guys back here is 19 years old. Yeah. So I got it wrong a lot longer than I got it right. And so all I'm going to say is, is that, you know, again, I'm going to borrow another Zig Ziglar quote. And he was famous for saying, I don't care how big of a step you take. Just take the biggest step you can, but take it now. Yeah, yeah. The only mistake you can make is to do nothing and say it's too late. Because I'm going to tell you something else. I've been told multiple times that you parent for the rest of your life. As long as your kids are on this earth, it's just different. I mean, it's different when they're younger. It's different when they're teenagers. It's different when they're out of the house. It's never too late to rekindle and reconnect with a relationship. And I'm going to share something with you too. I had the chance to do an interview like this with Dr. Gary Chapman, author of the five love languages. He's almost 90 years old. And I said, okay, pretend you're in the family room of a family and you've got one thing that you can tell them. Only one thing. This is it. 90 years of wisdom. You can tell them one thing that will change the trajectory of their family. Okay. And he said, learn their love languages. 
I said, okay, powerful. Now, what's one step that they could take that when they wake up tomorrow, they will say, our family is in a better place and we're moving in the right direction. So the one thing he said, learn their love languages, which is awesome. But the one step he said to take is he said, go find somebody in your family that you owe a genuine and sincere apology to. Look them in the eyes and tell them how sorry you are. Mm. Wow. This is not that complicated. Yeah. I mean, it's not rocket science here. Sometimes it's as simple as just owning our stuff, holding their shoulders. You know, I went through a journey. I'm going to tell you something. I had to go through child by child and own my stuff with the children for the decisions I had made the decade before I finally woke up and figured out where I was at. Because even though I was moving forward and the family was moving forward, I realized that I was holding back saying, man, I'm so, I, I screwed this up for so long that I went child by child and said, I want you to know that I apologize sincerely for some of the decisions I made that got to this point. And I want you to know that I am committed to seeing you through all the way to the end. I won't make that mistake again. I'm in it for you forever. And you know, I'm, I'm your dad and I'm going to lead and I'm going to coach and I'm going to mentor you. But I took responsibility. I didn't make excuses. I didn't throw, you know, people under the bus. I didn't try to pretend it didn't happen. I just, I owned my stuff and then we were ready to move forward. And the kids, I, you know, here's the crazy thing. I always thought as the dad, I had to be strong guy, never be vulnerable. I never felt more vulnerable in my life than I did having those conversations with my kids. But my kids would sit here if they were on this podcast right now and say they've never seen me stronger mm. in yeah. their entire life than I was in that moment. So in my point of greatest vulnerability, mm. it was the point that they saw the most strength in me. Wow. And isn't that such a complete flip of the script of what we think is the case that we have to put on this persona of strength and courage when in reality, sometimes we've got to be vulnerable, accept yeah. responsibility, own it, and sincerely apologize and commit to being better. And we're seen as, as the incredible hawk to our kids. You know, and when we, we think, you know, our Superman to our kids, we're, we're, we're big as life and can leap tall buildings. We think that's what we look like, you know, when we're walking around all rough and gruff, but that's not what they see. You know, they need to see some vulnerability. They need to see us accept responsibility. So some of these things is not, if you're listening and you're like, I screwed this up, I messed this up. No, you didn't. You start today, you take whatever step you can take, but you do go back and own how you got there and you genuinely own it. And then they are very resilient and forgiving and you move forward. And I don't care if your child is five, 15 or 35, you still have the same opportunity that I did to start today, own your stuff, move forward, and it takes some time and patience, but the reward is eternal. Okay, we could stop right there, but I got to ask you something else. You've Go been for it. Zig, Zig Ziglar multiple times in the conversation, and now you lead Ziglar family. So number one, tell us how that happened. And, and, but before you do, that's got to be a bit of a dream come true for you to have this Ziegler family thing happening now. 
Well, it is. And uh, the, the children of Zig Ziglar actually found me because I was sharing our philosophy of parenting on my own uh, platform just at my name, marktim.com. I was sharing this stuff, you know, with, right. with other people, with other parents. They find my website, they look at what I'm doing, and they're like, man, dad always had this dream. See, once he became really successful, business and enterprise, they just bought everything he could produce. Every speech, you know, I mean, he, he filled stadiums. Yes, he did. But sometimes he would walk out of that stadium and his son would say, Dad, that was awesome. And Mr. Ziegler would look back and say, yeah, but wouldn't it have been more awesome if that stadium had been filled with parents? Because he knew that family was the most important thing. And so he had some of this, I don't want to call it unfinished business, but just this, this nagging of, I wish I had helped more families. So in the fact that he's passed, in his legacy, there's an opportunity to help those families. And so the children knew that that legacy existed. And they also knew that they were now grandparents, their children were older, that they needed to find someone in the trenches. I was very much in the <laughs> trenches with teenagers. So it's basically Zig Ziglar's time-tested proven wisdom meets the modern messy family of today. And I'm the modern messy family. Zig Ziglar's timeless wisdom is still applicable today. We came together. Obviously, I was impacted by Zig Ziglar, so it was an easy fit for me. I knew that now that my family was on solid ground, that I had a higher purpose. And my higher purpose was to help other families that were in the same situation as me recognize it's not too late that there are other families on this same journey and that they're normal, that every family doesn't have it figured out. Whatever they see on Facebook, it's a lie. We all are messy. We all have challenges and we weren't put on this earth to be alone. We weren't put on this earth to be alone as humans and we weren't put on this earth to be alone as families. We need a community to do this with. And, and that's the difference a hundred years ago. Every, only way people could exist is with community. Now we've got this technology that allows us to basically pretend like we're on a desert, you know, on an island all by ourselves. We don't, we feel like we're in community, but we're really not. And so the goal was to take Zig Ziglar's wisdom, the modern messy family and create a community that families could connect with each other, share with each other, and grow with each other. And we do that at ZiglarFamily.com, and we produce resources based on Zig Ziglar's wisdom to help families. And we've got 45-plus thousand families that have joined us on this journey, and, you know, and it's growing every single day. In fact, we've got this incredible event coming up called the Seven Day Challenge. We've done it before. We had seven incredible speakers. I mentioned one of them was Gary Chapman. One of them was Dave Ramsey. Uh, we had Coach Tony Dungy on there. We got another Seven Day Challenge coming up, where we've got a whole new group of speakers that are going to be invited into the living rooms and the homes of families all over the world to deliver powerful messages on seven key areas of family life, which Mr. Ziegler called the seven spokes of life on the wheel of life. And so we have speakers in those seven spokes. And so if they're listening and you guys want to check out seven day challenge, you just go to seven day That's the number seven day challenge.com. You'll see what we're doing, how we're doing, and you can see the speakers and plug in um, to what we're doing. And so, but that's just one example of the resources now that we're bringing to the table for families. And it's free by the way. And, and that, that we wouldn't be able to do if it wasn't for the legacy of Zig Ziglar and the need of families today. So you kind of uncovered, 
yes, a dream situation for me, but you also kind of uncovered what I feel my purpose is now in life, which is beyond my family. Obviously, my family is still right there at the center of my purpose, but my bigger purpose, and by the way, I get my family now to help me do it. I bring my kids with me. I bring them, I bring them online. They talk on podcasts. They talk on Facebook Live. So I've got my, my purpose family at home is now helping me to bring this bigger purpose of helping families all over the world to life. And they're doing it through Ziegler family. And so it's, it's become a real outlet for, you know, for our own family purpose, especially that last part, which is that lead all out, um, that uh, that's allowed to have now a channel through Ziegler family. Okay. So if people are listening and they're saying they're, they're asking what is the, the biggest step I can take, that's one of them. Yep. Right? Yep. Just seven-day? Seven-day challenge. Uh, in, fact, uh, in fact, I'll make it even easier for them. If they're listening to this and they have a mobile phone in front of them, and they can literally type in uh, 44222, and then in the subject line, they can put seven-day family. So four four two two two, and in the subject line seven day family, and they'll be they'll be enrolled in the in the next uh, seven day challenge. Uh, go to Ziegler Family, see the resources. So easy steps. That, and the the main step that I'm talking about here is just get involved in a community of other families. Yeah. And and Ziegler Family happens to be a community. There's other communities out there. I I don't care what community they get involved in as long as they get involved in a community so they can find other families on a similar journey, on a similar path, then and realize they're not alone. Absolutely. Well, Mark, we could go on longer. Maybe we'll do this again soon. But this has been a fabulous conversation. I love the the excitement, the passion that just exudes from you for your family now and how you see that your family is your higher purpose. And that family being your higher purpose is now unlocking other outlets of purpose. So this is fabulous. Thank you so much. And uh, look forward to the next seven-day challenge and being a part of that. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on here. I appreciate it. Uh, Seven-day challenge is going to be awesome. I'll end with this statement, and that is, I said, you already know everything you need to know to have the kind of success at home that you want to have. And, but here's the cool thing. And that is, I actually believe that every business I've ever had, every endeavor I've ever done has uniquely prepared me for this higher purpose of helping families. It wasn't about the business. It was about learning what I needed to learn to be in this position at this point in time. And I would challenge everybody listening to take that inventory of their life and realize that even the toughest times were preparing us for a, a, a purpose in our future. And if we look at our life and say, everything that's happened to me in my life has prepared me for a unique purpose, it starts to give you that confidence and clarity, regardless of what that purpose is. I started with my family and now I'm going to helping all families all over the world. And it can have that kind of domino effect. Yeah, it's what I call the higher purpose pathway. And we're all on it. We may not be aware of it at this moment. Maybe there's an awakener like Zig Ziglar when you're 15 years old that plants a seed. But we're all on it. And uh, thank you for contributing to our journey on the higher purpose pathway. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. 
Thanks, Mark, for that energizing conversation. Wow, that, that, that was a rich time we had together. I want to share three takeaways that, that linger with me from the conversation with Mark. Number one, and some of you may find this a little difficult to believe, depending on where you're at at this exact moment, but everything in your life has equipped, prepared, and even qualified you for your higher purpose in life. I know some of that may be difficult for you to, to swallow at this moment. You know, life is best lived forward, but best understood backwards. And, and when we get enough distance, we look back, we see how the pieces all fit together, even the difficult pieces. So that's number one. Number two, wherever you are right now, commit to take some action step, as big and as bold as you can take it, or even little if that's all you can take. The most important thing is to take some action now. We'll talk about what some of those could be in just a moment. And then the third piece, third takeaway is you can't do it alone. Mark was talking about Ziegler family and the community they've built there. We also have a community here, the Higher Purpose community. You're welcome to join. You can find out more at livehigherpurpose.com. It's a free Facebook group. It's a global group. People from around the world coming together to encourage and equip one another and cheer one another on, on the higher purpose pathway. And as I mentioned, this is a new podcast. This is just episode three. So show us some love, would you? Uh, we, we'd, we'd appreciate you leaving a review. That's a great way to help the, the podcast get ranked and find find other viewers or other viewers find it, listeners, share with someone you love, someone you know, forward them an email, use social media to, to share the link about the podcast, and then tune in to episode four. We started talking about heroes and mentors and how Zig Ziglar has been one of those for Mark. In episode four, I'm going to introduce you to seven people that you meet or have met along your pathway to purpose. And I'll introduce you to some of those people in my life. So I look forward to seeing you or meeting with you in episode four of the Higher Purpose Pathway. Remember, you are meant for more. Why would you ever settle for less?